0: He's a well-respected high school football scout. Known for his unpopular opinion and brash commentary. The coach, Keith Miller. He's a well-respected national high school football recruiting analyst.
1: Craig Craig Biggins. Together they bring you the
0: transparent truth. The world's number one source for high school football recruiting news and interviews. The transparent truth.
1: (laughs) Ha (laughs)
0: ha. Welcome, welcome. You're now listening to the transparent truth. It's your boy, Coach Keith. We're back. Back like we never left. Intercom Studios. Miracle Mile. And I got my man, Greg Biggins, on the line. GB, it's the Transparent Truth Season 3. How you doing?
1: Good. How are you?
0: I'm doing all right, man. I am excited. Season 3 of the Transparent Truth coming at you full steam ahead. And uh, I'm excited to have you back. And uh, nobody knows... What the future holds, but I can tell you this, I'm glad to be in studio rocking with the transparent truth and I'm glad that all our listeners and followers are rocking along with us. We got a great season ahead. College football, NFL, high school football. We're going to talk about it all, Greg Biggins. And I'm excited about that, my man. Tell me what's going on in your part of the world and that's talking recruiting, recruiting, Signing days coming up. Signing days just passed. GB, let's recap December nineteenth. What happened, and who it happened with?
1: Dude, what did happen? That was so long ago. I've kind of washed it out of my head. Obviously, some of the bigger things that went on happened after December nineteenth. In terms of Bruce McCoy, you know Chris Steele. Sure. Um, you know those are some of the. I I, I would say probably. Maybe the biggest signing day drama was what uh, was with our guy Drake Jackson. So this is kind of a cool story. I don't know if this is, this is uh, you even heard the whole the whole aspect of the story yet, Keith. But Fox went to each of the kids' houses that were announcing that day on the Wednesday night. They went the night before just to kind of do the pre-tape, right? It was Raymond Goforth who picked USC. Um, it was Ty McCullough who picked. Um, God, who did Ty pick? I want to say, uh, I didn't want to say anything because I've totally just lost my mind. That's but all right. Anyways, um, made Funa, uh, stuck with Oregon. But so Drake the night before didn't know. So they had to take two shows. They had to take t- two, two endings, right? One for USC, one for Arizona State. And we said, Hey, wake up tomorrow morning, Wednesday, tell us which one, you know, which video to throw in the show and we'll be good. Shows going live at 12 o'clock. So, at 9 o'clock, we're hearing it's Arizona State. At 10 o'clock, Drake's saying it's USC. At 10.30, Drake says, hey, I feel like I'm not ready yet. At 11 o'clock, he says, dude, I still don't know. What should I do? I said, dude, don't sign. You have until the, the whole entire week. He's got to sign early because he's an early enrollee. So, he's got till Friday, though. There's three days of the early signing period, and it's an hour before the show. I go, dude, Drake, I go, the show is meaningless. I go, this is your future. If you don't know, don't like force a commitment just to get on the show. I go, wait until Thursday. Wait until Friday. Sure. So literally the show was starting, and he's still not sure. So it's an hour show, 12 to 1. Finally, about 1230, he says, I'm going to USC. Run the video. Well, at this point, you know, we can't run the video because we already have the black the half hour already packed with other stuff. And as these shows go, you always kind of get behind anyway. So – and plus, Drake's already gone back and forth about 18 times. Like, Drake, no offense, I don't trust you right now. We, we need to wait until you're 100% sure. So I uh, put the phone down, go back to the show, go back to Drake, uh, check my phone. He goes, I'm 1,000% sure I'm going to USD. So we end up verbally saying what he was doing, and then we ran the video after on Twitter. But for Drake, you know, it was a, it was a phenomenal job by ASU and their whole entire staff. Herm Edwards, Antonio Pierce, he – I – actually thought he was going to go to ASU over his childhood dream school at USC in the end, as we've seen a lot of times, it's really, really tough for a lot of kids to to pull that trigger and and leave home and kind of your back on your dream school. Even though I think that might have been what, where Drake was leaning Wednesday morning, end up going to USC and, you know, had a great, you know, uh, just a great performance at the All-American Bowl where he all these guys hadn't seen him before were like, who's this guy? Like, yeah, that's Drake Jackson. We'd be talking about him all, se- all you know, season long. So good for Drake. You know, Chris Steele, um, you know, I think there was some drama with him. Uh, actually signed to Florida, um, but didn't want it released release the All-American Bowl. And then he went ahead and, again, a lot of guys didn't think he'd be able to, t- to have the-, the ball. I think it's gutsy to-, to leave home. You know what I'm saying, Keith? It's, it's the sure. easy thing. It's the comfortable thing. As we talked about so many times, and as you know, Jack Lamb last year, when he mentioned why he chose Notre Dame, it was the uncomfortable choice. Right. And for Chris Steele, you know, going to Florida was the uncomfortable, not safe choice. USC would have been the safe, easy choice. But he's like, dude, I want to go. I want to get developed. I want to go play. I think Florida's the, the, the spot for me. So uh, happy for Chris. And another little bit of signing day drama. You know, Jonah Tauanu from Narbonne, longtime Oregon commit, had just taken his uh, – his video, or excuse me, his visit to Oregon the weekend before, but the night before, and even the morning of, there was a lot of buzz that USC was kind of making a last, last push to get Jonah. But he ended up saying uh, signing with Oregon. I would say probably Keith, the one that I was most shocked by, um, was Jeremiah Cordell. Mm. I don't know if did you, did you. I know you had your own thing going on. Did you even see his ESPN announcement?
0: I did. I did. I, I saw his ESPN announcement online. Um, was not shocked that he chose OU. I know about that Buki effect, and I know it's real. And um, Jeremiah Credell made the decision to go Boomer sooner. Uh, so tell me what it looked like from your perspective, GB. So
1: he literally didn't make the announcement or didn't decide in Oklahoma until he started to speak. He was going to Oregon five minutes before that aired. Mm-hmm. Told the Oregon coaches what he was doing. Gets on there. They say, Jeremiah Crudell, where are you going? Like That's when he decided on Oklahoma. It was that close. And like Jonah, he took his official visit to Oregon the weekend before. So we're talking three days before signing day. And he told me Sunday night when we got back that he was basically recommitted to Oregon. And, uh, you know, we did a little story. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he kind of wanted me to build up Oklahoma a little bit just for the suspense of it in the story. And, I mean, he was set to go to Oregon and then, literally, as he was speaking, it was like his true, his true heart came out, and that was Oregon. So, uh, again, the 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 not safe choice, the uncomfortable choice. But I was happy for him because I, I, mean, I know he's excited, and I think that's kind of where you know his brain was telling him to go. And it was been it would have been easy to go to Oregon. Uh, Asa Turner, uh, another guy who didn't sign. During the uh, during the early period, we, we thought he was going to. He, you know, long time Washington commit. Notre Dame came in and, and made a huge push. In fact, that was probably if he did sign that Wednesday, December nineteenth, it would have been with Notre Dame. Uh, December eighteenth, it would have been Notre Dame. December nineteenth, it would have been Notre Dame. In fact, he told me December nineteenth, that was the last day, uh, or the excuse me, the one day that Notre Dame actually called and said, hey, you know. If you're not ready, we don't want you to commit anywhere. We want you to be 100%. Take your time. Wait till February. Asa told me last week that if Notre Dame actually said, hey, it made that push, hey, Asa, we need you. Come to Notre Dame. He would have signed. Um, but because Notre Dame kind of gave him a little bit of an out, he took his time, and then how— held- Crazy as this, so he went to the All American game, played linebacker, didn't like it. That's where Notre Dame wanted him to play. Right. Went to the Poly Bowl, played safety. So that that was that was his natural position, and that's where Washington wanted him to play. And so because of he he said this is his words, not mine. Because of that, and just kind of feeling more comfortable at a certain position, he went ahead and and chose Washington. He's going to sign tomorrow. So. Just a few stories, Keith. Just a few, obviously. I don't know if we're going to talk about Brew McCoy now or talk about Brew later on. Um, that's something you don't see every day. A kid actually signing and then, you know, deciding to go elsewhere a couple weeks later.
0: Sure, um, I, yeah. No, I guess we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll touch on that during our, our transfer segment. Okay. Uh, because I guess that's what it's classified as. But sure, there's yeah. a story there, and we'll definitely get into it. But thank you, GB. Uh, local kids signing december 19th regardless of where they go because i don't have a dog in that race um uh, happy for them happy for their families i uh subsequently was in mexico city and we had our national signing day live of course with the pro football hall of fame academy and the, at the world bowl great time um kids sign their letters of intent uh, best thing I could tell you from that, GB, was uh, Chris Adamora was a pleasure to be around. The the, the free safety from uh, Mayfair High School in Lakewood, signed with the University of Texas. Um, he was a real pleasure. Uh, great football player. Tremendous kid. Enjoyed my time around him. Uh, another guy who I really enjoyed and uh, is going to be signing, I guess, tomorrow, or which today, because this will air tomorrow, uh, will be Cole Aubrey. Spent a lot of time with Cole out in Mexico City for the World Bowl and um, excited about him going Ivy League. Cole's a, a great kid, Car- former Carson Pop Warner kid, which I was as well. We talked a lot about that. Um, his dad, a very, very nice individual. We had some time to sit down and talk and just a great family. So, uh, great time for these kids and these families, Greg. And I know it, as, it's a dad goal of mine for all of my kids um, to go to college, whether they sign an athletic scholarship or not. I don't really care. More importantly, it's just get to that next level. Get to college. Get your education. And continue to build your life resume that's going to put you in the best position to succeed um, after after athletics, after education is over with. You have a ch- you now have a chance to compete in the real world so happy for these families happy for these kids um, and the journey is not just begun but the journey continues for you and for those kids who aren't signing the journey continues for you there is still places out there for you to play schools for you to go to to go to if you got to take the long road to go to juco um so be it that's not a shot in the face that's not a slap in the face it's not a downgrade it's just the next step in your journey you have to trust your process gb so um that's what we have so thank you my man appreciate that right now though gb it's time i mean it's time for our sleeper of the week Time for our sit and sleep sleeper of the week really want to thank our guy Larry Miller he's allowing us to showcase unknown prospects that need to be brought to the spotlight Larry is all about family and community and his support is helping to change the lives of young players across the country each week young men are getting scholarship offers after being featured on this show so thank you Larry when we have business and a man that is really interested in the community we need to show our support right back at him sit and sleep is the only place that offers advanced sleep
1: technology. Greg? Body Diagnostics. That's five-star stuff. This is high-quality stuff. Lay down on a mattress, and within seconds, thousands of sensors can help you find the absolute right mattress for you. Wow, within seconds? Seconds. Man, that's awesome. Now. Sit and sleep.
0: They'll beat anyone's advertised now. price, or your mattress is free! Now. Appreciate you, Larry Miller. Thank you, Larry. Alright, our sleeper the week this week. Hills from the San Diego area. And, GB, this is more of a career... Congratulations and a salute, rather than it is a sleeper of the week. But I want to give this young man our sleeper of the week award for season three, first week back, Sean Poma, out of Cathedral Catholic in San Diego. You talk about a kid who's been starting since his sophomore year. Has been thousand yards plus every year, three straight years in a row. His speed his strength, his contact balance, his vision, his ability to finish runs with physicality, team leader, 4.0 student. I think he's a great kid, number one, high character. Um, Again, tremendous intangibles, and a really good football player. And I know um, he doesn't have the 25 plus scholarship offers that other people do. But I think this kid is a next-level football player. I think he can get in the backfield for somebody, tote the peel, and be very accountable and productive to his teammates and to his coaches. So, Sean Poma, Cathedral Catholic High School, San Diego, you are this week's Transparent Truth Sleeper of the Week. Congratulations, and God bless you. Like
1: a lifetime achievement award right there.
0: Yeah, GB. Well-deserved, man. Yeah, no, good football player and uh, led them to the upset victory of Narbonne. Was that the regional, the state regionals? Yes. Yep, and uh, I just, I've always liked this kid. He's, all he does is break big runs, break tackles, run hard, compete with his heart. I have an affinity for kids like that because he wasn't blessed with, you know, the the six foot two, 225 pound body. He's just a guy out there scrapping and clawing for everything. Kind of like a Julian Edelman, right? scrapping and clawing you know not a five-star type just a guy who's productive and accountable to the people around him and i can appreciate that so my my, my hat is off to him, and tip of the cap poma hey
1: man something to be said about a kid who just loves the game right kind of a, a no a take question. off our conversation off air yeah but uh man if you love the game and you're passionate about it like keep playing don't ever quit and uh if you're not passionate and don't love the game, you will never survive at any level. So
0: yeah, this is I true. Always
1: ask, I always ask. I First two things I always ask a coach or whoever about a kid: Is he tough? Is he love football? Like those are the two. Got to have those two things.
0: I don't think you're a five-star player without it, Greg. You know, I, I've seen things I online. Agree. I've read things. Hey, if you're a five-star, if you're big, fast, um, and strong. I, th- to me that's inaccurate to me that's lazy evaluating to me that's lazy scouting um, and just totally not true if you do not love the game and you are not tough as nails with all the things we just mentioned you're not a five star football player I'm sorry Um, and it I can in, in my head I can think about kids who had the big fast strong deal and lack the love and lack that toughness and um they slid down. They either disappeared in college um or disappeared when they got to the NFL. At some point, Greg, those things are gonna be exposed.
1: Oh dude I got a thousand guys in my head as you're speaking <laughs> to all these faces. Yes. You know, I'm yes. popping in I mean there's a guy in this year's class yep. I think we both love athletically but I have some questions about his, you know, overall, does he love it? Yep. You know, does he want to be a dog at six in the morning you know, when it's week eight and you're tired as heck,
0: mm-hmm.
1: man, it's tough. Football's tough if you don't really love it you're not passionate about it.
0: I've been there, Greg. I've done it. It's not easy. It's not easy at the next level. Uh, you know, everybody wants that scholarship. Everybody wants to post their offers. You, you're not, you don't understand what you're getting yourself into. You don't really realize what you are committing to when you sign that letter of intent. You're committing to that 5 a.m. wake up. You're committing to that 5.30 on the field when it's 35 degrees in the morning. You're committing to that grind in the offseason. You're committing to you know that that study hall, that just the entire weight regimen, the meeting regimen, the extra work. It's, it's not for everybody, Greg. I can tell you that right now. And if you don't love it, it's going to weed you out real fast, real real fast. So, don't want to keep harping on that. Want to move along. GB, we're talking transfer portal. How about that, Greg Biggins? Did you ever think, did you ever think transfers would be such a open discussion at the college level? Well, it is now, Greg Biggins. The transfer portal is upon us. The open market in college football is here. Tell me, GB, what are your thoughts, your initial thoughts about the transfer portal? And let's talk about some players who've transferred this offseason.
1: You know, it's funny. You know, Brendan Huffman sent me the little whatever, you know, little media release, and we thought it was a joke. And so we actually, you know, the smartest guy we know is, is the football off guy at Stanford. And we said, hey, is this true? Is this legit? And the guy would kind of did an LOL, yes, 100% true. The wild, his exact quote, the wild, wild west coming to college football. Yeah. And so I, I think he's on the same page. We're, we've always been pro athletes. And sure. coaches can come and go, right? Right. With no punishment. So I, I'm seeing both sides. I'm not going to take a hard stance. It's it's hard for me to say, just like in high school, but more so we're, talk- we're talking about college. If a coach can come and go without any repercussions, if you're a college athlete and you don't have you know, you're not happy where you're at, who are we to say you can't leave and if you do leave, you know, you have to basically sit out a year and blah 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 and make it as hard as possible for those guys. Right. At the same token, man, Keith, yeah. this is becoming it's gonna become almost like I, I've actually heard parents tell me this, and they're picking a school. Hey, we don't know if we want to go there. We probably will, because if we don't like it, we can just transfer in a year anyway. Yes. Like that, their thought process is now that the transfer portal has seeped into these parents' and kids' decision out of high school, where they're already thinking, "Well, we can always, you know, go back to our backup option because it's so easy." And it's just, I don't know. That's that's my that's my issue with it. It's almost like. Is there going to be guys who just, the old saying, afraid to compete? But what about waiting your turn and competing? And maybe you're not playing right away, but who cares, right? Like, if you pick the school for the right reason in the first place, play it out and see what happens. But I think now you're going to see kids who are these, you know, five stars with their five-star, five-star, ten-star ego. If they're not playing as a true freshman, guess what, Keith? They're out. They don't right. want to wait around, right? They're right. feeling like, dude, I was promised the starting spot. Why am I sitting here on the bench? I'm out of here. I'm going to go to my second, third choice. Uh, I, I don't, What do you think? I'm, you're, you probably have a lot more of a firm, strong opinion on it. I'm curious what you think.
0: Well, I think I, I take the same stance you do. I, I do. I am a, a player's first. Um, t- I have a player's first type of perspective. If a kid is unhappy for whatever reason, he should be allowed to um, – a transfer without maximum consequence. Now, I, I don't even think it's a consequence, but I think there should be a sit out period. Um, I just, I'm, I'm very, very skeptical of what this message is sent to these young student athletes. What's the subliminal message um, that is sent triggered to their brain is that well, you know, hey, if I don't like it, I'm out of here. Well, considering that marriage all the 50% of all marriages end in divorce already. What are we teaching these young fellas, all right? Or young ladies, or whatever the case may be. If 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 you're unhappy, leave. Um, if things aren't working, take off. Um if things aren't going your way, quit. I I, I don't like I don't like the message it sends. I I don't think I like the implications of transferring. I just think it's going to lead to just more and more. I think it's going to become a a big problem. Uh, But I see the same thing now that I'm involved in youth sports with my son and daughters playing youth, you know, sports. It's guys are jumping from team to team. Uh, High school. We've talked about it now for years here on Transparent Truth. Guys are jumping from school to school. Now college. the implications I don't see a lot of positives Greg Um, but I, I am pro athlete so I'm a little bit flustered and unsure myself I just not sure what type of young adults we're attempting to build for the future I just don't like where it's going and I think it could lead to big big problems beyond beyond athletics right beyond college athletics i'm just not sure of where this may go what it's going to lead to how it's going to affect us societal wise like holistically how is that going to affect us because now you have told these young people that hey if you know if you don't like it quit and the first thing I see from these young guys is, oh, my brother's this, my family's that, I'm here for my brothers, and then a week later, I'm transferring. Well, at that point, everybody's fake, Greg. These aren't your brothers, let's be real. This is not your family, these aren't your brothers, because you don't just get up and leave your family and your brothers. So let's stop that narrative right then and there. So th- there's just there's a lot going on in there, Greg. There's a lot going on. Um, Let's let's bring up you know, let's talk about Brew McCoy. Sign with SC, and a preface that was saying love Brew. Um, sign with SC, and I and I don't know what the story was behind everything, so I can't really speak to it. But sign, but, and I'm talking behind the scenes. But the story is, as far as I know, the facts are, signs with SC. Transfers. And is now at Texas Greg can you shed some light on that whole scenario
1: yeah I, I mean it, it's one of those deals um, I'm almost t- kind of too close to it uh-huh. where I had a lot of you know information that can't really be shared at this present time yeah I think a lot of people are saying he's only leaving because of Cliff Kingsbury and obviously that was a big part of that's not the sole reason mm-hmm. but that was that was part of not just that cliff left kind of the whole timing behind it if you know what I mean. Yep. Um, you know, the day after he grew enrolled, Cliff left. So there was some talk about when did Cliff actually take that Arizona job? Sure. If you know where I'm going with that. Yes. But it wasn't just that. It was, it was some other things and just talking to the family a little bit. It was, again, kind of goes back to the, the Jack Lamb issue of, I think Brew was really, really comfortable at USC. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't thrive in that environment. And throughout the whole process, you know, his dad even told me, before he picked USC, he goes, you know what? Brew was going to Bosco. That was his school. He did the four verts in eighth grade. Yes. It was a much, much easier commute. At that time, Day sucked. Day had won in years, right? Right, right. Bosco was rolling. But he wanted to go where it was going to be uncomfortable, where it was going to be harder, where it was going to be tough, where it was going to be a challenge. Sure. And his dad always said, you know what? In this whole scenario, Texas – is modern day and usc is, is bosco it's mm-hmm. a safe easy choice mm-hmm. and again can't really get into too many details but i just don't think brew was really all in and, and until he got to sc i don't think he realized just you know what this isn't for me and again there's a lot more to go with that and just you know obviously you, you know keith but just so to explain the whole transfer portal mm. for people listening like what the heck's the transfer portal you still have to sit out a year but the, the crazy thing is, you can actually be at a school, um, enrolled, you go into the transfer portal, you can actually start taking official visits to other <laughs> schools while, you, while you, you're still at your school. I can be That's crazy. At USC. Brew could have went back to USC. Once you go into the transfer portal, you don't automatically leave that school. He could have taken five official visits. No joking. He could have taken all five official visits, Say, you know what, I'm good, and gone back to USC. Now, what the school can do, they can cut off your funding right then and there. They can say, okay, you're off scholarship. Let's go into that transfer portal. And I think a lot of times kids will go into the portal, realize, hey, I have no other options. I'm going I'm going back. But that school does not need to take you back if they don't want to. So I could, you better be very careful when you put your name in that transfer portal because it's the school that you're at that has to put your name in there. So if you're expecting, hey, I'm going to check my options out. If I don't find something better, I'll, I'll come back and stay with my school. The school does not need to take you back. You know what I'm saying, so there is a danger, but you still have to sit out here year unless you can prove a reason. And again, Keith, this this is where it's getting crazy. Um, Justin Fields is trying to prove there was a hardship at uh, you know at where he was at, and therefore at Georgia. So he wants to be immediately eligible. Right. Uh, Tate Martell is trying to do the same thing, and it, it, for me. I think that's where you're kind of finding people almost kind of manufacturing some stuff that really wasn't that big of a deal to try to prove a heart so they can become immediately eligible. But these are not grad transfers where you can, you can play right away. If you, you if you transfer, you still have to set out that one year. Right. Um, so just going make, make that perfectly clear, but uh, it's going to get more wild. I mean, there's, someone told me there was like 500 kids in the transfer portal with like the first couple of weeks. That, it, it, it's amazing. Yeah. No,
0: it's, it's truly amazing. And, and again, Greg, that speaks to the implications, right? Not only, you you know, hey, I don't like it here or I'm not happy or whatever. Okay, I'm quitting the team and I'm leaving. And then it's, okay, I have to make up an excuse. I have to manufacture a reason why I'm leaving so that I can be eligible at my next school immediately. So not only are we, I don't even want to say allowing, we're actually... Encouraging these student athletes to tramp to, to quit their team to quit in a tough situation or a unpleasant or um, a situation that they're not content with, so quit the situation now. Build a lie or a manufactured reason why you're leaving, so that you can be eligible. I mean, I just it's not something that I would advise for my child quitting is not okay that's number one number two we're not going to create a situation to where we're going to manufacture a reason that may or may not be accurate just so that we can go and be eligible what type of morals and values are we encouraging for these young people i just Greg, that, that doesn't sit well with me. I'm somebody who likes to do things the right way. Uh, I'm somebody who I do not like to associate people who color outside the lines, right? I want God's favor, right? So I want to surround myself with people who are doing things right. I want to do things right. And I want to encourage others to do things right. At this point, quitting, lying, manipulating, I'm just, I'm not for it. I, that's just my personal opinion. I'm not for it. Um it's a problem and it, this is just starting. Where is this going to be in 5 years? Holy smokes. That transfer portal is going to it's going to triple in size easily. There's going to be 1500 to 2500 kids in there and everybody's going to have an excuse why they have to transfer. I got to transfer because I got roaches. They got roaches in my dorm room. I had to transfer because they don't have toilet paper here. I can't wipe my butt. Greg, tell you what, man,
1: skip- nothing bothers me more than one-ply toilet paper. If it's not going to be two-ply, don't even sell it. Uh, I, I get that one, Keith. I, I if, they, if they had one-ply, I, I get transferred. You need to double That's up. I need that double up. Double-ply or I'm out of here.
0: <laughs> yeah, man, it's, it's just a lot. It's a lot for me, and um, I just don't know where it's headed, Greg. It can only go down from here, I can tell you that. It ain't going to go up. I don't know how it's going to get better. I, dude, honestly,
1: I think what they're going to do, I, I, it's, it's going to get. I mean, depending on what, what side of the fence you're on, eventually they're going to make it where you are immediately eligible, where you don't have to sit out the year like you do right now. And and again, like there's there's you have you know Jay Billis is, is always talking about you know how come coaches can come and leave and go, and so I, I get that part. So mm-hmm. everything you said, I agree with. Right? You want to you want to teach your kid to, to be fighters, not quitters. At the same time, when your DC can take off and go somewhere else and he's coaching the next year, how come my son can't take off and play immediately? What's the difference? The well, coach is getting paid. Okay, that was a bad bag of Okay, why are my kids getting paid? Right? Same. So, but I do eventually see, Keith, where it's going to happen where, shoot, they're going to probably put in where the kids can play right away. And, shoot, you thought it's bad now? Can you imagine if kids knew they can transfer and not have to sit out a year? You're going to quadruple that transfer portal. No question. That thing's going to stink and Yeah, that thing's going to be crazy.
0: you talking about breaking the internet. Kim Kardashian breaking the internet with her nude photos. The transfer portal is going to break the internet. And it's going to be a problem. It's going to be a big problem. And I'm not looking forward to it. But nevertheless, GB, it's 2019. And uh, this is where we're at. Hopefully, um, the NCAA comes up with something. That can curtail the shenanigans, but again, it's 2019. This is where we're at. So let's yeah, move no, on. I don't
1: trust the NCAA to do uh, to do too many things correctly. No. Yeah, so yeah, think we we'll true. I just need to find another someone else that makes to correct the problem other than those guys.
0: We need outside counsel. Uh we got to find somebody. We we got somebody's got to do something because it's gonna get out of control. But moving along, GB, we're gonna tap into our last segment here. We're talking. Crystal Balling, the local prospects for tomorrow, which is today, signing day. And I know those guys are signing right now or this morning. And uh, you have a list of about five or so guys, Greg Biggins, local prospects, top-notch players who are going to be choosing from some schools. Why don't you go ahead and break it down for us?
1: Yes, yeah, so obviously the early signing period has really kind of taken a lot of the jukes out of – you know the late signing period uh, there's not even gonna be a show on Fox for the first time ever just because there's not enough action they felt um, so a couple local kids that will be announcing tomorrow at 8 a.m. at Centennial High School they got a couple guys uh, who go by the name of Jaden Williams and C.D. Um both these guys saw their recruitment really explode and I think it was good that they both waited until the late period because they got a lot more options than they had early on so uh, Stephen Amora just took his last official visit to USC this past weekend. That is the childhood favorite. He visited UCLA unofficially the day before. Uh, that was actually his second unofficial visit to UCLA, basically down to those two schools. UCLA likes him as an inside linebacker. Um, that's kind of where he played at Centennial. Uh, USC has actually recruited him as a safety. Um, so there's some uh, evaluation with that. Phil, he's got the athleticism to make that move. So, uh, 8 a.m. My, my gut, I, yeah, they haven't told me anything, but just my gut and kind of reading it, I, I kind of feel like he's going to pick SC. Um, you know, talking to them, you know, you ask them, hey, what's good about both schools? They kind of talk, you know, more about UCLA in terms of just the, the the position specific, the strength program, all that kind of stuff. They didn't see the strength stuff or the nutrition stuff at USC, but again, just kind of watch this movie before USC. Like Drake Jackson, is tough for kids who dream about going to a certain school. To, to go somewhere else. And they love Johnny they, He's going to want. He wants to major in business. And uh, UCLA doesn't have an undergrad business program. USC does. And, and they really love that. So uh, Jaden Williams also, I expect. Uh, I think he'll pick USC. He's basically down to USC and Washington. He visited those two schools. In fact, Keith, USC actually offered him uh, while he was on his official visit to, to University of Washington. So wow. the trip was actually over. I know people got upset. A lot of Husky fans. Um, they're a passionate group on Twitter, especially, goodness gracious. Wow. But it was actually at the airport. So the trip was kind of essentially over, although it still kind of was connected. But visited USC over the weekend, loved it. And I think that's where he's probably going to go. Um, we have Kenyon Reed, kind of a late bloomer, uh, a 10-700-meter guy, Long Beach Poly, wide receiver, slash corner, slash safety. He visited Kansas State this past weekend. He visited UCLA two weeks ago. Um, I think he's down to those two schools. He told me last night, which was Monday, that it's 50-50 between those two schools. But I, I can't see a local Long Beach Poly kid choosing to go to K-State over, over UCLA right now. So I'm, I'm sticking with UCLA, even though he told me it's 50-50 right now. That'll be one to watch. Jaden Wilmore. Jordan Wilmore. The reason why I said Jaden. Jordan Wilmore, I think, he, I think he's going to pull a Jaden Daniels. Really? And by that, I mean... Jaden Daniels was essentially down to UCLA and Utah. ASU came in late, swooped in, and got him. Uh, Jordan Wilmore, USC commit, backed off his commitment, took visits. UCLA and Utah, those are his top two. Visited ASU this past weekend, loved it, and I think he's going to pick ASU tomorrow or today, Keith. So I could see ASU coming in and breaking the hearts of Utah and UCLA, not once but twice this recruiting cycle. So, wow. Jordan Wilmore, Mondale High School. Um, again, nothing that they told me. This is just my, my gut feeling. Sure, uh, I think Utah probably led over UCLA going into the ASU visit, but I think right now ASU is in a good spot. Akili Arnold, who was uh, a longtime commitment to Utah State, did not sign. Uh, Oregon State, who was an option before, they kind of backed off a little, a little bit. They came back on really, really strong, and I know they've given Akili a lot to think about. And so, again... Uh, my crystal ball right now has Achille going to Oregon State and, and staying in the Pac-12. So, um, that's what I think he's going to do. Again, that's just, that's just my gut. Uh, Long Beach Pauly mentioned uh, Kenyon Reed also have Elijah Juarez who played most of this year at running back. But Utah offered him last week. He took a visit over the weekend. Loved it. They want him as an inside linebacker. I think Utah is in a pretty good spot for Elijah. And then Kyle Ford. Uh, committed at the All-American Bowl, did not sign. Cliff Kingsbury left. There was some talk that Oregon and Washington were coming back in, into the mix that he was going to do some do some home business. But from what I'm hearing, with about 24 hours before signing day, I think Kyle's going to stick with his USC commitment, uh, which is big. Obviously losing Brew and um, also potentially losing a guy who we'll talk about right now out of Utah, Puka see who was, uh, All-American, uh, tremendous receiver, a top 50 guy. I don't think people realize just how good this kid is. Long-time USC commitment, but I actually think right now USC is probably going to lose him, and I don't even think they're they're in the top two. I think it's Washington and Oregon. That one's really, really tight. He just visited Oregon this past weekend and loved it there, and Washington is a school that he absolutely loves and believes he can get in there and, and play and maybe even start right now, so... It's close. My gut right now with Washington and UCLA also, he took a visit there midweek last week. And I think UCLA, he loved that trip too. But I, I think Washington might be the spot for Puka. So getting California to, to stick is big when you consider, you know, Bru McCoy and Puka will likely be heading elsewhere. And then this is mostly a Southern California thing, but let's go NorCal just because everyone out here knows these two kids, Isaiah Fosky and Henry Toto from Denizal. Uh, I expect Isaiah Fosky to probably announce for Notre Dame. And then Henry is probably one of the most anticipated uh, announcements because he's basically down to three schools, Washington, Tennessee, and Alabama. And I think right now all three schools are confident they're going to get this guy. So it's one of those deals where I don't know if the family has either said nothing or if they've said everything. You know, if they've told everybody, hey, I'm coming or what. So uh, I- I'm fascinated. I, I think some some people in the family are pushing Alabama and then uh, but I think Henry really likes, likes Washington and, and Tennessee as well so that one will be really really fun to watch um, and that's going to be an ESPN announcement I'm not sure what time but him and Foskey are both going on ESPN and announcing their choices so that is just about it Keith about it for, uh, for SoCal announcements that I can think of off the top of my head so should be fun. I'm curious to see, and I'm excited for all these guys to make their decisions.
0: Sure. National Signing Day is always a good time. Uh, not only is watching these kids sign, Larry of Ten, going on to the next level, but a little bit of the suspense, finding out where guys are going. Talked about Henry telltale He might have told everybody he's coming. He's Got three or four schools, everybody thinks he's coming, so we'll find out at the, the 12th hour what Henry is going to do. But definitely a, a top 100 player, excellent linebacker out of De La Salle, teammate Isaiah Fosky, big time, you know, defensive end. He's got a chance to be special with the next level if he can continue to develop. Got a terrific frame at about 6'5 GB. Um, I'm hearing it's Michigan, but we'll see, uh, we'll see what happens there, of course. Uh, Nate Kenyon, one of his assistant coaches there at De La Sal, a good friend of mine. And uh, we'll see where those De La Salle boys end up going. But again, National Signing Day, the second National Signing Day of the year. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. Some guys are on ESPN, some guys aren't. doesn't matter where you are. Put the pen to paper, make your decision, and then transfer when you get there. Okay, In about two years, we'll be looking forward to that. Um, that was just a little bit of a joke, but GB... Thank you, my man, always with all the info. Who does it better than Greg Biggins on the recruiting front? I don't know, but if they are out there, tell them to call me.
1: Hey, quick announcement. Yep. I got a text as we speak here. Uh-oh, hot off the presses. Hot off the presses. The, press the, uh, the fosky and Toyota announcements will be at 12 o'clock Pacific Standard Time okay. on ESPN. I think it's U. So 12 o'clock, tune in. ESPN, Henry Toto, Isaiah Foskey. Good times.
0: Henry Toto, Isaiah Foskey. Are they going to do it together, Greg? I'm, I'm pretty sure they are, right? I'm not are, sure. Right?
1: You know, a couple years ago, they had Boss Tagaloa and uh, Devin Asiasi, and they both did, like, one after the other. So I'm, I'm, I'm assuming they'll probably have the same kind of deal. One guy goes, and the next guy will go right after him.
0: Yeah. No, no, it's going to be fun. going to be fun. What are your plans for tomorrow, GB? I mean, you know, you're recruiting get- analyst uh what are you what are your plans tomorrow just in terms of are you are you on duty which I mean, you probably are you're always on duty but what what's your deal tomorrow
1: yeah no so it's uh it's kind of cool for the first time usually i'm up at fox where i you kind of miss mm-hmm. you know all the action you drive up there for an hour then you do all the pre-taping and then you tape the show and blah 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 so i kind of miss what's going on so tomorrow no show i'm just gonna be chilling in my living room up early you know five o'clock is when stuff starts happening and sure. you kind of Trying to monitor everything and actually being able to update stuff as opposed to just being, you know, hearing about it later. So I've never been able to watch all these announcements. I'm kind of looking forward to it.
0: Absolutely. I am as well. All right. That kind of wraps it up for our show. Kind of want to preview our next show for Friday. Five Star Friday is back. We're going to have a five star guest, Coach Trent Herzog of National Preps, one of the top scouts in America. He's going to be on to talk about. Uh, scouting and recruiting, also the difference between media and actual scouts. Uh, He'll be talking about National Preps' piece with the Pro Football Hall of Fame Academy showcases that are going to be announced later on today, which is yesterday, because this is going to be driving on Wednesday. But uh, Trent Herzog from Northern California is going to be on as our Friday guest. And can't wait for next week. We're going to have Darnell Lacey on, former USC safety Class of 1996 out of Sarah High School. We'll be on to talk about the state of USC as they try to close strong with Kyle Ford on National Signing Day. Even though they've lost five-star Brew McCoy and uh, four-star Puka Nakua, Nasia, We're going to talk a little about SC football. In about a week, so exciting for that. And Darnell is a friend of mine, longtime friend of mine. We played Pop Warner Ball together, so we're going to be looking forward to that. But, GB, we're going to bring this baby to a close, man. It was, it was great to have you back, Greg Biggins, Season 3 of The Transparent Truth. We're on the move. We got some things cooking in the oven, and I'm excited because, uh, you know, it's The Transparent Truth, man. Nobody does it like we do. It's the number one high school football show in the world. There's a new sheriff in town. He ain't new no more, Greg Biggins. And his name's Reggie Hammond. Y'all be cool.